0: Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, psychological health, physical health and emotional health awareness in men and society. First it started with MAN, acronym for Men Are Nuts and we have a very special guest on the show for you today. Can you introduce yourself? Hello.
1: Sure, my name is Rabbi Mendel Castell. I'm the CEO of Jewish House in Sydney, Australia. I'm also a commissioner in the National Mental Health Commission uh, with the federal government here in Australia. So it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show all the way in Australia. I think what is it? You're seven, seven hours ahead. I think I say seven hours. You're seven hours ahead. I think here or eight hours, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're nine fifteen here. Yeah. Yeah so whereabouts in whereabouts in australia for the people listening whereabouts is australia and whereabouts in australia are you
1: so uh, i'm uh, in sydney australia so just up from bondi beach yeah. it's quite a well-known uh, landmark around the world although it's uh to a great extent closed or has been closed um as part of our response to uh the pandemic to be able to keep people from uh, congregating, but uh, there's a strong focus in Australia that even though people are isolated, we want to make sure that we look after their mental health, so therefore um, people are allowed and encouraged to be able to do their exercise and go for a walk, uh, a run, a bike ride, etc., to make sure that they look after their mental health, um, even during the isolation sort of time.
0: So, um, what's Sydney like to, to live? I mean, have you, is, it, is that where you were born? Is it where, where are you in terms of where you're from? Um, what is Sydney like?
1: So, I grew up in Brooklyn, in New York. Yeah. Um, and I've been in Australia now about 30 plus years. Wow. Um, it's a beautiful country. Um, Sydney is, um, you know, very warm and tropical. It's just, uh, a lovely place to live i mean in the winter it gets uh gets cold but nothing to uh, really worry about uh, but it's got a wonderful climate it's got a people are wonderful and it's great to uh, be able to serve in this uh, beautiful country
0: yeah so what 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 took you from you know many moons ago what took you from brooklyn to to um, australia
1: So uh, when I finished my studies in uh, New York, we have an opportunity to be able to be sent to work in communities around the world, and I was chosen by the Revy to come and study um, and um, work here in Australia, yeah. and uh, I came here, it was a two-year stint, and eventually uh, settled here, and 30 years later I'm still here. Still here.
0: And so, obviously, you, you said you enjoy it, and, and it's a good lifestyle. So, if, you, if what, in terms of your journey, then to to where you are now in terms of mental health, and is it from, is it something from a, you know, young age? Is it something that you wanted to do? Is it, have you always wanted to help people? What What was your journey in terms of getting from, you know, A to A to Z, as you say, or A to B? I
1: guess. So, as a rabbi, um, my dad was a rabbi, my grandfather's a rabbi, my great-grand both the rabbis. So I didn't really have much choice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But um, but the, even though being a rabbi means different things, and different roles that my dad or my grandparents or great-grandparents etc., played as rabbis, whether they were heads of seminaries or more community outreach, um, I had the opportunity to have a stint as a um, pulpit rabbi at the Great Synagogue here in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that's, that's always been uh, of interest to me. And um, when I finished at the Great Synagogue uh, just over 11 years ago, 12 years ago, I um, took over this organization called the Jewish House. Even before then, I was involved in a youth charity that had vans that went out on the streets to hang out with the kids on Saturday nights, um, bring them hot chocolate, and just have a chat. So uh, it's something I've been doing for for a number of years. Um, the concept of caring and outreach, you know, is something that's really been ingrained in me, and something that I've uh, it's become part of my life's mission, if you like.
0: Yeah. So you, you, you... So, like yeah, you say, you're you it's it's from young then. It's it, was it something because you spoke about it that you you know to be to be a rabbi and 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 it was all you know it's it's, it's generational um, and then to help others. Um, did you feel did you feel like that, that was was your calling in a sense, even though it was maybe um, part of you know your your background?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh... I always, um, part of my belief has always been that if we come down into this world, we're here to make a difference. We want to leave it a better place than when we got here. And therefore, um, a sense of really helping people and making a difference. So, and with that, choosing the area of, um, of health, I've always been interested in medicine, um, or more recently in mental health. In understanding as to what it is that we can do to support people, mainly um, emotionally, um, and in some cases even physically, to be able to improve their uh, mental health and their well-being.
0: Yeah. So, so in a sense, your have you ever? Um, I mean, we all have our ups and downs. What 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 have you? What's been your kind of, you know? what is because we can kind of maybe take you back to 30 years ago what was that like to to you know transition from one country to another um coming into the country you know was it an un- unknown unknown thing
1: well definitely i mean i grew up in a relatively um sheltered, sort of new york kind of home um australia you know was something that we might have heard about but had no idea where it was and what it was really all about and whether we had kangaroos jumping around the streets (laughs) or what was going on in Australia but that was my chosen place and off I went Um, and you know really enjoyed it I've had opportunities to serve in other parts of the world I did the first um, Passover Seder in Kathmandu so that was uh, an interesting experience. I didn't know what third world country meant um, till I got there I needed to organize a uh, gathering for 500 people and catering and address. So That was definitely an interesting experience. But talking about you know, the ups and downs of mental health, I think we all go through um, different times. We might grieve um, the loss of um, special people in our lives. Um, we go through challenges at work, uh, with family, so it's important to be able to look after our mental health yeah. and even as a mental health worker as such, it's important to make sure that we look after our own mental health. It's very easy to be there for everybody else and not look after ourselves and if we're no good for ourselves, we're no good for anybody else, so it's important And even in my role, I see a psychologist on a regular basis to, to debrief. So I think it's important that people recognize that mental health is something that we all have. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes, you know, we might have ill mental health, but overall it's something that we've got and we need to look after, just like we need to look after our physical health, we need to look after our mental health and we shouldn't sort of feel um, stigmatized in some way, that if we go and get help, that means we're crazy or there's something wrong with us everybody goes through ups and downs and everybody should be looking after their mental health whether it's how they sleep um, what sort of um, pressures they put on themselves who they interact with etc yeah and
0: have have you always felt that there was a um or felt or known there was a you know the, the, the mental health is was there was a stigma around that
1: I mean, the the mental health or ill mental health is is always a challenge, you know, the way people describe it, Um, you know, you you see it around the community, how people interact with people who are going through uh, a difficult mental health episode or those who have, you know, chronic mental health and, you know, the, you know, a child or another cases, you know, the, the, the Basically, casting them off and making I don't know fun of them, but just sort of dismissing them because you don't recognise that maybe they're through a difficult time. Sort of think, ah, oh, there's something wrong with them. We shouldn't have anything to do with them. Um, you know, it's something that has changed over the years, but uh, it's but there's certain elements that are still there. You I mean, Talk about when people, um, uh, you know, are still hiding behind, that they don't want anybody to know that there might be mental health in their family. Um, You know, there's obviously issues in relation to uh, cases where parents get divorced. You know, if if somebody finds out that they have mental mental health issues and they're afraid they're going to lose their children. There's so many different things in society where where, ill mental health can can cause uh, great difficulty and therefore people are afraid to talk about it. At the same time, um, feel staying
0: around it. Yeah, yeah. And what, when I when I previously asked the question about your, you know, everybody's mental health and everybody's ups and downs, um, how did you your ups and downs um, in the fact that you were on a mission and you, you know you you have like had a generational thing of helping and helping others, and it's kind of it's, it's probably say from a young age probably ingrained in you. How how have you managed to help what have you what, basically what's your coping mechanism in the sense of and the times where it might have been you know, the times where there may have been the down times or or up times? What what have you done to kind of help you, um, growing up?
1: I, I, I think it's it's um, it's about taking an you know. So in my case there were different people who inspired me and sort of look up to them um through those times to be able to give you perspective uh when you're going through some of those difficult times. Um and it's also being able to sort of see yourself as a as a much greater picture and understand that you can control the world. Um you're part of the world, God created the world and you're just a little pawn in a in a much bigger um game or a much bigger picture and with once you sort of recognize that you're not gonna and you you know you can change everything you can control everything you to work through what's going on for you you yeah. be able to have the uh, supports and have that you'll get over to the other side of this difficult time yeah
0: so you've landed you've landed in You've landed in Australia 30 years ago. Was there a plan for you? Did you have a plan in mind that what what you were going to do in this, in this land, this big place, did you have a plan in mind that, you know, am I going to start this? Am I going to do this? What was it you, you've, you've landed there? What was your next kind of thing to do, in a sense?
1: So I came here as sort of a student, or an exchange program yeah. and you know so with the group of uh, 20 friends and we sort of divide up different kinds of responsibilities and how to um, make a difference in the city and how to have an impact on the city I mean have the opportunity to study earlier in uh, Pittsburgh and in London so I've been in, in different communities I came in quite young and got involved in community activities and community building whether it was the age of 14 in Pittsburgh for a couple of years or the age of 15 or so in London for a couple of years um and then back to New York and eventually back here to eventually here to Australia um so the sense of, of really making a difference and putting together programs and ideas um was something that I already had experience when I came to Australia. But I guess the next stage, you know, once you finish your studies and you head back to New York, you finish your um, mission, if you like, yeah. um, and then to come back to then continue some of the programs and eventually settle here uh, was obviously a whole different um, experience.
0: So, yeah so you've landed as a, you've landed as a student what what did, what, what was did you come with a, you know was there more people involved what what I'm what, what, trying to work out is how you've managed to get from there and then kind of come onto this journey to where you are now in terms of what you're doing with working with people um, in Australia <laughs>
1: As I said, as a student, um, we had two aspects to our studies. One was, you know, the practice, the actual, the books, if you like, sitting yeah. and studying uh, the Talmud and Jewish law, etc. Right. But then the other part was the outreach and the connecting with community, developing community and children's programs and hospital visitation programs. And uh, community engagement programs and learning, etc. So all these sort of things start to connect you to community. Right. Um, and then, and I was brought back for eventually was hired by. Okay. So. Yeah. So uh, coming in and studying here in Australia. So we had two parts, one part was the books and the actual uh, material of Jewish law and Talmud, etc. But then there was the outreach side where we actually connected with the community and started a program, community development, and visiting hospitals and festival programs, etc. And then after that, I was asked to come back and run a few of the programs and continue and help break in the next group, if you like. And eventually was uh, encouraged to come back and settle here, which I did, um, running some programs. Eventually I set up, I was involved, set up a community in a suburb, Double Bay, and then asked to be the second rabbi in in, uh, one of the synagogues or oldest communities in Australia, which I did for 14 years. Mm But all through that time, there was always a uh, hospital visitation sort of element to it, a connection with people um, and building sort of relationships. And with that, you become more known in the community and you get involved. So I, during my time at the synagogue, I was involved setting up a youth charity. So where there was a lot of kids who used to congregate in some of the um, key suburbs on Saturday nights and get into trouble. And we then worked with, uh, with a van to go down and hang out with the kids, get them a donuts and hot chocolate to be able to connect with them, and be able to build a relationship with them. So I did that for, I don't know, about 10 to 14 years. And um, so when I finished up at the synagogue, organization, which was a crisis organization, sort of reached out and said, hey, you're doing some great work with uh, with the kids, how would you like to take over and run this um, crisis organization, which is Jewish House, which is what I run the most, which is an organization focused on crisis, on the point end of welfare. So I almost describe it as the emergency room of the welfare system, so therefore, while there's lots of different welfare organisations, this is focused on an emergency room kind of model, which means very available. Um, it's got a lot of very different services and quite intense amount of services, a um, short term, because it's because like the emergency room, we throw a lot of things at you to be able to stabilise the crisis. But then we then we refer you into other services for more long term support, and we keep in touch to make sure that that's working. Um, So that's, you know, where I sort of went there. Then I was asked to get involved with chaplaincy work. So I was involved in the Olympics. I was involved, I'm the rabbi for the course here in uh, New South Wales, I'm involved with the school, rabbi of the sporting movement. So I wear a number of hats in relation to that. I was uh, was supposed to be a commissioner in the National Mental Health Commission more recently been asked to be a board member of the Ending Street Homelessness Collaborative here in uh, in Sydney or New South Wales. I'm involved in in lots of different programs and it gives me an opportunity really to um, learn from different programs and bring the expertise from different uh, programs. So whether it's my religious background or my frontline homelessness crisis kind of work, bringing that into the Mental Health Commission to say, okay, when you're talking about mental health, we can talk about it from a uh, psychiatric point of view or a psychological point of view, but what does it look like from a social work point of view? What does it look like from a religious leader's point of view? Um, What does it look like from a foreigner's point of view? So I can bring the experience that I've got, that I've had in different spaces then to the commission to be able to have those voices heard in the discussion as we create planning into the future and uh, it's been a it's been a wonderful experience yeah fantastic And
0: Mandel when do you sleep?
1: it's a very good question (laughs) Uh, I try and make sure that I get some sleep but it's uh, but it's not always easy there's a lot of different things I mean we've got a crisis line that uh, I you know if I expect my staff to be on it I'm going to be on it as well so Sometimes we're taking calls at all kinds of hours of the night of people who are really struggling. In some cases, people even who might be contemplating taking their life yeah. um, or harming themselves. So, really need to be on our game and uh, have a, a wonderful group of staff that help uh, man that line. But it's a responsibility, really, 24 7 because people's distress doesn't only come between 9 and 5, as you would know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Seem to be doing, you know. You, you, you know, say so you wear a lot of hats, and there's 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 a lot of, um, you, know, art, you know, hats. To, you know, you've got your tentacles all over the. You have know, got so many. You know, everything. You know, so many facets to to you. So, it, so long term. In fact, I won't I won't say that yet. I'll say, in terms of what do you see are the kind of main focal, you know, the main things that's coming up, cropping up to do with mental health in. Around the area, in, you know, in Australia, maybe in that area, what are the kind of main things that are cropping up? Issues, I say. So
1: clearly, clearly, with COVID nineteen, um, people losing their jobs, people um, isolated, um, people in nursing homes who are, are not really um, in touch with their families. Um, so a lot of worry and a lot of anxiety around those sort of things are more immediate. I mean, we've also just had, had bushfires, which have caused a, a tremendous amount of pain and 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 difficulty for for so many. We've had the droughts, uh, we had flooding. So it, it's really been you know, a triple whammy, you know, just one after another for for many parts of Australia. So been really, really hard, but then we need to look at the bigger picture and this is something that we'll work on at the Commission is what do we want the mental health um, system response connection or to be like in 2030? Do we want it to be fully health-based? Do we want it to be community-based? Do we want peer support based? Or how do we make mental health really part of every aspect of our life to be able to uh, integrate everything so that therefore people sort of um, drift in and out to where they need to and are properly supported rather than we need to go from episode to, to, uh, you know, step down to episode. You know, we want to be able to sort of smooth it out and be able to make sure that people are supported, uh, across community, health system, hospital. Yeah. Or whatever it might be, but it's all uh, integrated and in everybody's part. Yeah.
0: So uh, like you said you've had a, you've, been, there's been a lot happening in Australia, like you said, the, the fires and you know, people, you know, people have lost. You know, you know in terms of jobs and and, and things happening. Um, do you do you find that um, that before the the, the, the the virus there was did you find that there was a, a mixture of um, issues happening before before this virus kicked off, and you know the fires and stuff like that? And for the length of time that you've been doing it, last maybe two three years, did you find that there was, um, you know, was it high unemployment? What you know, was it different? different or was it just different issues?
1: The different issues. I mean, the 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 drought know was was the huge stress for the for the farmers um, to be able to keep their cattle alive um, okay. and, and to, to, to grow things in Australia so that was a, a huge challenge and different um, programs to be able to you know buy a bale of hay to get out to the to the farmers and look at ways to truck water out to them, things like that, to be able to help them what was a, quite a long drought, and then we had some, some floods, which was, uh, you know, in different parts of the state, which were also challenging with parts of the country, um, and then the fires, which, uh, you know, many, many people lost their homes, their businesses, their communities, um, so that was that was huge stress, and you know we sort of came out of that. And you know there was a program to encourage people to go to the small towns to go um, buy things to help rebuild their, their uh, business and their economy. But once the virus hit, you know all that turned around, and everybody saying no, don't travel, don't come and visit the little towns outside the city because we don't want the virus coming to the, to our town. So it's really hit them from all sides and you know for different parts of australia they've been really hard um hard hard hit in some ways and obviously the virus then you know has hit the the big centers you know as a, as a person in the city you know we might not be that affected by the drought or even the fires yeah we had Lots of uh, ash and stuff in the sky and, you know, some days the air quality was really terrible. But overall, you know, the city wasn't so affected now After the virus, it's it's hit the city. It doesn't make a difference where you live. Um, The challenges are there and we're very lucky that so far the numbers of both deaths and even um, the, the current testing regimes have shown up very few new cases for a few days now, um, but again, you look at Singapore and, and turn around very quickly if you drop your game, so there's a lot of distress and worry going into winter, so what does that mean um, for the virus, so there's plenty of worry and plenty of concern, um, but as a community we need to be resilient, we need to be there for each other, um, the Australian government Commission has obviously been very vocal in this, um, has probably one of the best mental health responses to the virus around the world. Um, There's been a number of packages that have been announced. There has been uh, a huge expansion of telehealth for doctors and uh, mental health professionals, so therefore people can get the help even while they're isolated. there's always more to do, but I think Australia is really on the right track of being able to cover not just the physical health concerns, but also the mental health concerns. Um, We're not out of the woods by any means. I think there's still a lot of people who've lost their jobs and will continue these jobs. One of the big airlines has gone into voluntary administration, so there's a lot of worry around, there's a lot of anxiety around, there's a lot of um, stress. Now, there's concern about the effect on domestic violence. There's concern about it's on addiction and alcohol, um, so and gambling. So there's there's plenty there to work with, yeah. um, and we need to be there for each other and support each other and try and get the best support for people's mental health this time.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you about the government, and now you kind of answered it as well. That you know, because you know, I've seen the, obviously, you, well, I'm not going to be one to kind of, but on the UK government, I mean, they were slow to react and this, that, and the other, but it seems like um, you guys have, you know, the, you know have really, um, the, 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 the government, the Australian government is very supportive of you guys. And um, and how do you find local governments are, are, are reacting to, even before this, you know, mental health? You know, we talk about stigma. and How have you, have you found people the general public and the, and the local governments reacting to what, you know, this moniker of mental health?
1: So, in Australia, we've got three levels of government. So we've got the federal government, we got state government, and then we've got local government. Um, local government is not so involved in... Um, in mental health or health. I mean, they do have different programs, they have little grants that they might support, support some activities, they might have some programs through the local libraries, Um, but most of it actually goes through the state. So the funding comes, some of the funding comes through the feds, which then gets handed through the states. states manage the hospital and the health system on the ground. psychologists and general practitioners that's funded through Medicare which is federally funded so it's a little bit of a mishmash but basically the general response of health and hospitals is a state um, state issue and the states have also been very um, involved there's both a health minister and a mental health minister so there's clearly a commitment um, to mental health and lots of different programs to be able to support people with mental health, different um, support lines, Lifeline, Beyond Blue, and Kids Helpline, and Men's Helpline. There's a number of different lines that are there and available to um, support people. Um, I think we can do a lot more in the um, encouraging more peer support, supporting more of the carers, and also looking at those who've got enduring, a long-term mental health, although in saying that more recently the government has rolled out what's called the National Insurance Disability Insurance Scheme, so that's a program where people get um, financial packages that they can then use to be able to help them. It's been set, um, set up both for physical disabilities and mental disabilities um, for people with long-term um, disabilities to be able to then have a package that they can on different um, supports to be able to help them through their disability. So that's still rolling out, and in the case of mental health, I think there's still a lot of lot of um, development still to, to get that right because it was initially set up for disability. So mental health disability is is different um, from the. Point of view of their response and their um, need, yeah. so that that's still evolving, if you like. But uh, but there's definitely movement in that direction, and it's it's an exciting time to be part of the commission, which is you know at the forefront of helping some of these things roll out, and to see how it's being rolled out and where it's being rolled out better, and um, being able to get to different jurisdictions to report back as to how they're doing um, to the overall plan of, uh, of trying to improve mental health in Australia. Yeah. Um, and
0: you, yeah, and you, I've got to say, you seem to be enjoying, you know, you talk about exciting times, you, you seem to be enjoying what you're, you're doing. I spoke about you know we had a laugh about sleeping but how do you unwind and you know from a, from a day or how, how do you kind of you know relax if you can
1: yeah so well, I mean coming back to, to my family and being able to spend some time with my kids um, so I think uh, there's that some there's some reading um, gives me a bit of an opportunity sometimes or some music Um, so these are things that sort of help you unwind a bit Um, as far as enjoying the work I think you know you see that you're making a difference Uh, you know that's obviously encouraging and it's really you know what what makes me tick is being able to see that we can improve people's lives and make a difference and make things better I mean those are all things that, that really make you feel that you want to go to work every day and you want to be able to put in the hours and the energy because it's, it's, it's working.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you, you seem to be, you know, you seem to be um, doing, you know, doing a, a, a good job, um, you know, and obviously with, the, with this virus thing has, has, has come in now and, and yeah, there's more, obviously more, a lot more work to do. Um, before we kind of go, do you, how do you, do you find that more and more people are, coming forward and saying, look, I've got mental health, or are they coming forward and just kind of acknowledging that there's something, something wrong?
1: Yeah, I, I think people are, are more um, open to be able to put their hand up and say, I need help. I mean, clearly, you know, from a, a you know, measure of suicides, we still want to see a lot better, particularly in indigenous communities. But, you know, I I think there's there's great improvement. There's a long way to go. Um, You know, and working with a great team of people, you know, I don't do this myself. I'm part of a commission of some really wonderful people um, who are really committed to the cause. And then obviously all the professionals on the ground who who are doing it and even carers and peer support people. You know it, it's really about everybody doing their bit that gets the results and makes a difference yeah
0: yeah definitely and, and I, I did speak to somebody before i spoke to someone in a previous episode about um who's from australia and he you know he spoke about um the indigenous community who were uh, who sometimes um you know there's there's from them they they, they, they fit the lack of, there's a lack of they feel that there's a lack of um, there's a lack of trust. And um, how do you see that with with the Indigenous community?
1: I think it's a, it's a huge issue. Um, I think um, in, in many cases, they're very, um, they've been very disadvantaged. Um, in Some communities, they're quite isolated. Um, their health outcomes are are really, not good in, in many areas, um, and we as a community really have a responsibility to do better for them. And um, you know, while while we as a commission we strive to uh, to do that and to make more aware, we've got two Indigenous um, commissioners on the commission. Um, but I think you know, from a health outcomes point of view, there's a long way to go to be able to really. Do deal with, deal with generational trauma yeah. for a lot of them, yeah. um, and particularly with high levels of suicide, it creates uh, uh, incredible pain and, and trauma. And we we could do better. We must do better um, for for the original peoples of this land. Yeah, definitely. definitely.
0: And, and you know, what would you what would you say to you know What would be your final word in terms of? Say, well, I would say the final word but it's not really a final word I mean what would you say in terms of the podcast what would you say to people who who may be struggling who want help um, you know those in Australia and probably even around the world what would you say to them about trying to seek help
1: I think The important thing to know is that we're all human beings and we do have our ups and downs and everybody will have challenges to their mental health, that's normal. Um, And if you're having a mental health challenge doesn't mean you're not normal, you are normal. That's what happens to everybody and for you to be able to reach out and to put your hand up and say, listen, I need some help, I need a break, Um, I need to talk to somebody, I need somebody to be able to Help me out at this time is what's normal, and this is what helps get all of us through. So, if somebody is struggling, reach out, um, ring the ring the support line, speak to your doctor, speak to a friend. Um, don't be don't be shy. Don't try and be stoic. Try and manage it on your own. If you're like going through something, you know that we're here for each other, and that's what makes the world uh, um, go around. And, you know, today you might need help, tomorrow it might be a friend of yours. And if we can share a sense of being able to reach out to each other, asking each other are you okay, um, if somebody reaches out to you to be sensitive to the fact that they, they need a shoulder to cry on or just somebody to talk to, let's just be much more aware of both our own and others' mental health, which can then make life so much more um, enjoyable for everybody, and help people through those difficult times to really have a much more positive life. And I think if there's one message—it's about caring about each other, thinking about each other, and feeling confident to reach out to each other—that um, will make a, a huge difference. Yeah, some,
0: some powerful words there. Um... You know bringing, talking about community and, and and reaching out very powerful words what where can you be reached where can you where can people contact you you know are you are you on social media your 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 place of work or where can you be reached
1: so i'm at uh i'm at the jewish house i'm on facebook uh either on the jewish house or rabbi Mendel castell i'm on linkedin um, or they can go to our website at uh, jewishhouse.org.au, and they can uh, email me from there. But uh, it's uh, you know we're here to support each other. If there are people who are involved with different services around the world who want to reach out, or if there's an individual who wants to to ask a question, by all means feel free to drop us a message, and uh, we'll try and respond and be there for each other
0: yeah i'd like to say thank you for coming on and it was you know it was quite quickly i kind of went oh come on get on get on um but so thank you for coming on and you know i hope um you know you fa- you know you know everyone in australia and the world is safe your family's safe everyone's safe and you know we can get over this I hope we can all get over this so thank you for coming well on. let's
1: hope so and uh wishing you and your family well and to really to all of humanity let's get through this uh difficult time and to celebrate together in more positive times
0: yeah, definitely. thank you for coming on that was Men Are Nuts speak to you soon